Hello and welcome to Cloud Automation Weekly. My name is Thorsten Höger and I'm here to talk about automating your AWS cloud infrastructure. Today I'm joined by Elad Ben-Israel to talk about Wing. Elad, welcome to the show. Hey Thorsten, nice to meet you. Nice to be here. Uh, we've, we've met a long time ago, I guess. When, when, was it? when did we first meet? I, I can't remember. A long time ago. A long time ago. <laughs> Something 19, I think. So yeah. Yeah, in the early days of CDK. Yeah, but for folks who yeah. are just meeting you for the first time, uh, could you share a bit about who you are, what you do, and maybe what you did? <laughs> sure. So um, I'm uh, Elad. I'm uh, 43 years old. Uh, I'm based in, I live in Tel Aviv. Um, I have a husband and uh, five-year-old twins at home. So uh, it keeps me very busy on that side of the that side of life. Uh, I've been coding since I will remember myself about, I guess, nine or eight, ten. Uh, and somehow was always really fascinated by developer tools and frameworks and libraries. And my hobby as a kid was to build like UI widget libraries, text-based, text-based UI widget libraries. Which is, uh, still, still, I still really love, love that uh, stuff. And kind of... Um, didn't want to leave the keyboard basically since, since then. Uh, spent some time in the Israeli army programming, uh, then left the Israeli army and continued to uh, write code for some startups and did some freelancing work at that time. Uh, and then I felt like I didn't need to learn how the big boys are doing it. So Microsoft just opened like this R&D center in uh, Israel. And I... I joined Microsoft this I spent about five years at Microsoft, which was an incredible school for, uh, for writing software and like large scale, real world, large scale software. Very, very, very interesting. And then my uh, boyfriend at the time, who became my husband, uh, just um, left finished school and we decided we we're going to become nomadic for a while. So we spent about two years traveling and I did some hacking kind of like freelance hacking on the side um but mostly traveling uh we spent some time in new zealand and australia and uh, san francisco and china and burning man and anyway just continued to kind of wander around for a bunch of years and at some point someone uh, that i worked with at microsoft uh called me and said you know i'm starting this uh new secret project at amazon and it was prime air the drone delivery project and it was just too too cool to ignore at this point. And he was like, you know, come to Seattle, spend a bunch of time with those drones, see if you like it, and we can talk later. And it was it was really really exciting. I actually spent some time uh, felt, felt 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 like a, a girl in a candy store. Like open, I remember like they they showed me their the the place they built their. Um, um, to basically start the research on the project and and it was it was amazing it was just like this they poured all any type of equipment and maker equipment and you know like both hardware and software and really really inspiring and on myself at amazon after seven years i'm like am i still here um but it was it was a beautiful it was a really great journey uh and i kind of spent some time in, in that project about a couple years uh, in primary then moved over to uh amazon the retail amazon.com uh and worked on a project there in the search uh, area where you know you search for products 
And uh, one of the things that happened in that project was that we built it in, we used serverless, Lambda, Kinesis, DynamoDB. It was like an opportunity to do something, uh, to use these, uh, these, these tools. And that was the first time I built like a complex modern cloud service. And we used CloudFormation. And I was like, a month in, I was like, am I going to be copying and pasting JSON files for the rest of my life? Like to me, it just like completely didn't make any sense. You know, as a developer, I'm used to having all these amazing tools for creating abstractions and reusing things and testing and writing APIs and uh, publishing libraries. And, and suddenly I don't have any of those. And the complexity of those systems became really, really big. You know, like we had, I think this this small system, this small service had maybe... 50 different services, right? Like different resources that were involved in the service. Because when you use serverless, you're, you're, you're basically leaning on the cloud to the max. And that's an amazing thing, right? Because you really don't need to um, uh, do a lot of, th- a lot of uh, you, you don't need to take care of a lot of things in your application. But the implication is that the boundary between your infrastructure and your code shifts up in a sense, right? Like the, the infrastructure takes more and more responsibilities of your application. And and as such, you need the right tools to manage that complexity and decompose problems into smaller pieces, blah, 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 blah. And so I wrote this uh, little library called, it was called CloudStruct at the time. And and um, it, it basically had some code primitives that allowed you to synthesize CloudFormation templates using from Java. It was actually, Amazon is a very Java, big Java shop. And, and that really turned out beautifully and worked very well for this project. And we were able to like deliver it much faster than we expected because we use some, also because we use these tools. And, and then I kind of pitched this project to AWS. It was like, guys, we need to give this to, the, to our users because I can't believe that we're actually asking them to, to work like this. And it re- really resonated. And then I moved over to AWS and uh, started uh, the AWS CDK, which I'm sure you're talking a lot about in your uh, in your podcast, um, and so that was an amazing five plus year journey uh, from zero to uh, something that uh, I'm super excited, still very excited about, still really believe in uh, a beautiful open source project, a beautiful community that's formed around it. So you you take you get a lot of credit for being one of the you know, one of the leaders of that community and kind of shaping some of the culture around it. So thank you for that. Since it's been a really pleasure. Um, and then in February last year, I, I kind of felt like uh, my job, my work there was done in a sense. Like I felt the project got to a point where I don't need to continue to push. Uh, the team was is amazing and still is. And the community is amazing. And uh, things are just going in the right direction and I felt like I can kind of take a step back and try to think what's what's next for me so I left in February so that's me in short that's, that's the perfect. short version yeah, that's, that's really interesting <laughs> um, to, to get to know you like this and I think that directly brings us to our next topic because yeah as you said this was February last year and then now this is a year ago what, what happened then so first of all, I'm like shocked it's a year ago because a lot has happened for me. Uh, but basically what happened is, I, 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 you know, as I said, I was always into developer tools and technologies and 
finally with the CDK became my J job. So I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna give that up, right? Like as far as I'm concerned, I want to continue to build tools for developers. And I'm also really I really believe in the cloud. I still think that we're gonna be building stuff using this for this computing platform in the next you know, foreseeable future. Uh, so I basically started talking to people. I started kind of like hopping on my network and kind of randomly chatting with people about how they're building stuff on the cloud how they're using the CDK, how they're not using the CDK, Kubernetes, uh, uh, different cloud providers, different organizational you know, configurations. You know, do they have a DevOps team? Do they have a platform engineering team? Like, kind of just like absorb um, a lot of uh, what's going on in the industry from, an, from, from the perspective of someone that's not inside AWS. That's, a, that's an important, it's a really important exercise. And one of the things that I realized is that it's still really, really, really hard to build stuff for the cloud. Like it's still not as easy as I would want it to be as a developer. And the CDK is doing a lot in, in that respect. And it, and it was really, really beautiful to see the teams that are using the CDK are way more effective and they use the cloud way more, um, uh, in, in, in a much more intentional way. But but they were also still not as effective as I would want developer. And the things that I've seen is basically two major you know sets of problems. One is from the organization side. I've seen that organizations are required to spend quite a lot of resources in non-differentiated work and basically kind of overhead related to delivering for the cloud. And in and, and that sense, I've seen a lot of duplication across those those organizations. I've seen a lot of kind of frustration that we need a lot of DevOps people, for example, because coming from AWS, which builds infrastructure, everybody's a DevOps, right? And, but the real world is not like that. You know, most, most companies don't build infrastructure. Most companies build applications for you know, for their businesses and for their customers. And the problem domain that application developers in those teams have, uh, uh, will live in is the problem domain of the business. It's not the problem domain of like the cloud or infrastructure. And so we, 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 I've seen a situation where developers can't really use the cloud directly. They have to get some, someone to mediate, to mediate the cloud for them, to give them the ability to use the cloud, whether it's a an internal platform, a set of templates, CDK construct, right? Like it could be any type of, uh, but they couldn't really use the cloud directly, and and they really didn't care. They they were they were like they don't care. I would say still, uh, they're like I don't want to deal with infrastructure. I want the DevOps to deal with infrastructure for me because that's like it's not the domain that I'm proficient at, right? Like I'm building you know apartment rental businesses. That's my business. That's my problem, right? Not VPCs and IAM roles. And so there was this kind of mismatch in, uh, there is kind of mismatch in the industry um, in that sense. And it, it results in just com complete inefficiency across the board. I think from a developer's perspective, there's a lot of frustration that I'm seeing that, that comes from the fact that they can't deliver independently. They can't test their application on their machine. They can't, they, they constantly have to rely on resources that come from the cloud or DevOps engineers or Unless they have to, unless they go in and, and go and learn all the layers of the cloud, they understand how IAM roles work and how VPCs work. So it's either you become a DevOps engineer, you become a cloud expert, or you're very constrained to what you can do, right? Like you can build your Lambda function or your container, 
and throw it across the river for the DevOps engineer to do. So basically just saw these problems, which I was familiar with, right? Like it's not like nothing was very surprising in a sense. And I'm sure, no, no. What, what do you think? Like, does that resonate with you, these challenges? Yes, I, I totally see this, um, that developers just want to ship things and don't want to care about how to deploy it. And I think there are different approaches to, to do this. Um, and yeah, I assume your approach is a little bit different than mine. I say, yeah, that's the future. Get Live with it. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that there's definitely a movement, which I was part of in a sense. I feel like I was almost holding the torch for saying developers need to understand the entire stack. And because that's the new stack, so they need to understand the entire stack. But as I was thinking about it more and more, I realized that when I'm using, when I'm building applications for, let's call it traditional computers, right? Like for, for a Mac or PC or a regular computer, I really don't understand the stack, right? Like I don't understand how my operating system works. I don't understand how my files are stored in the file system. I don't understand how how an array is allocated in, in my RAM, right? Like I don't have to understand all these details because over the years we've, we're, we've developed these abstraction layers, right? Like slowly but surely, right? We, did, we weren't born with them. And I'm old enough to know, right, that I actually didn't need to know how files are stored in the file system at some point. And now I can just do FS save file, right? And so over the years, the, the computing platform, the traditional computing platforms, um, we kind of defined them, right? Like now we know what is a computer and how, and what are the primitives that I'm I'm getting as a developer from my programming language, from my standard library, from my operating system in order to deliver applications for a computer. And I really can work at a high level. I can work, I can focus on my business domain. I don't have to understand how everything works uh, under the hood. And, and I just realized that in the cloud, we're still in the old days of having to understand all those things. To me, the fact that the, the, that the developer needs to understand what IAM roles are in order to deliver an application for the cloud is a leak of that abstraction, right? Like it means that now they understand, they need to open the hood and understand something in a layer that they don't care about. And, and that means that we don't have the right semantics to express those applications, right? Like it means that we don't, we don't give our developers the, the, the right tools to represent what they want, what they want to represent. We force them to understand more than they need to understand. And to me, that was like a, kind of like a really interesting coin drop because I started seeing these analogies between what happened in the traditional computing world and what's happening with this new computer, right? Like with this new type of, of computing platform we call the cloud. And, and, I've, and I've also seen that the cloud has matured to a point where I think we can define it, right? Like I feel, I feel like we're, we can actually identify that surface area and we can actually think about, okay, so what are those, what is, what are those primitives that we want to give developers? Developers, not DevOps engineers, right? I'm not saying we don't need DevOps. I think that we, we definitely need DevOps. Like we needed IT professionals when, we're deli- when we've delivered applications on data centers, right? Like, and, and they were responsible for, uh, things like deployment and security and networking and power and other non-functional, I would say, concerns that are related to the application. And so the same concerns exist in the cloud. And, you know, they're definitely way more advanced and complex. And there's a lot more knowledge that's required. But 
but that delineation, that line that separates between the concerns is currently crossing in the wrong place, right? Like it's currently, it's currently crossing inside the application as opposed to within a clear boundary between the application and the platform. And, 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 and then I realized that, that basically we need to design this new programming stack for the cloud because if we're looking at the programming, right, the basic tools of programming, like programming languages and standard libraries, those all were the, the, all those that we're using today were designed basically before we had the cloud in our mind, right? Like even Go, which you know people would say is like a cloud native programming language, or or Rust, which was designed when the cloud was already there. They're still designed under the same mental model that the compiler only sees what's going on inside the state, right? The boundaries of the compiler are. The machine is the machine, and whenever the whenever your code is doing something outside of the machine, like write a file to a bucket, right, which is something that is still part of my application, but as far as the compiler is concerned, it's external to the application, and and that, that kind of uh, that kind of evolved into this idea of let's build a programming language for the cloud. Let's see what that means, right? Like if I were to design a programming language that's that's tailored to this computing platform that. That, that's that's emerging. What would what would be the primitives? What would be different? You know, what, and and ideally not a lot, right? Like ideally we can use most of the things that we know from traditional programming. But if we had uh, the ability to actually introduce new primitives, what will what will they be? Et cetera, et cetera. So this is kind of set out. Uh, we joined forces with uh, a good friend and someone I worked with at Microsoft. Uh, uh, his name is Shai. Um, and we co-founded a company to try and solve this problem. Try to basically give developers, uh, basically the, th the way we're thinking about it, we're trying to democratize the cloud, we're trying to make the cloud more accessible to more people, to more teams, to more developers. Um, so that's the journey we're, uh, we're on. That sounds really, really fascinating. And I, I think there definitely is this, as it is this abstraction, yeah, I don't care how my operating system works. I don't care that there's a CPU and it has transistors and it just works. And, and that's just the next level of abstraction. I'm always wondering, like, abstraction, if it means uh, losing complexity, it also means that the complexity is somewhere else because complexity never disappears. So either the abstraction has the same complexity than before and the cloud is complex, so either the comp complexity is in the programming language, then I still need to know what's going on, or it's hidden, then somebody else needs to do it. When you're moving your mouse on your Mac, do you know how many layers of abstraction this single operation crosses? And and of course there's complexity. It's a super complex thing, right? Like there's the there's the external trigger, there's like the the information that that the, your hardware processes, there's the driver, there's Right, like there's all these layers that eventually, and that's okay. It doesn't mean that you have to understand all those layers when you're moving them out, right? Or when you're program writing a program that uses them out, right? Like you can basically say on click, you don't have to understand all the layers that are happening below the that on click. And so I think the point about this is obviously something that I hear a lot, but I think saying that an abstraction hides complexity and then means someone else needs to understand that complexity. Is basically saying it's a it's a lousy abstract, <laughs> and there are lousy. I think like that that's an it's an art, right? More than a science. And being able to actually to create these 
these abstractions that will be non-leaky, that will expose the right things and will not create accidental complexity, right? Like that's the thing that you might be concerned about is like, oh my God, now now my cloud, my cloud uh, bill is uh, 10 times more than I expected because I didn't realize that I'm using certain primitives that cost mo more money, right? Like that's a good example. Which, by the way, is also true for traditional computing, right? Like if I if I write a, a lousy algorithm that uh, uses ten times more CPU, I pay 10, 10, 10 times more for my hardware, right? Like there's no way around it. And so, when developers use an abstraction, they need to be empathetic to the mechanics, right? They need to understand that what they need to understand the implications of what they're doing. But that doesn't mean that they need to be able to actually implement all those layers. I think like that's the tension that's exists in every, for every programming in every line of code that's ever been written. And and the, and the more the abstractions are solid and designed better, the more it's, it gives the developers the ability to care less about how they're implemented behind this. Um, but and I also want to say another thing. So we're building this programming language called Wing, uh, you know, cloud, Wing, all that stuff. Um, and one of the things, one of the, interesting things in Wing, and that's something that we just released actually last week, I think, or two weeks ago, is we actually have a very interesting hook that you can plug into the compiler that allows you to customize whatever you want below the abstraction. Because we understand, you know, we're not naive to think that our abstraction will be able to cover every use case, right? Like that's, that's stupid. Um, we do think that we can create an abstraction that will give developers, right, the folks that are actually focused on the application, it will give the developers what they need, and they wouldn't need to care what's going on behind the scenes. But then when you go and you deploy your application to AWS or to Azure or to GCP, by the way, another side effect almost of, of the fact that we create an abstraction is that now your code is portable because you're building it on top of something that we can compile to different providers. And so now when you go and you compile it to one of the providers, you can customize anything. You can basically go and traverse the, the construct tree and do whatever you want in the construct tree. You can uh, write um, compliance checks at, at that layer. You can uh, customize the Terraform output if you want, and basically you know, implement anything. And so we think that we'll, what's going to happen is we're going to see an ecosystem of those plugins or policies or hooks evolving together with the ecosystem for application developers, because we think that obviously it's a collaboration between the application and the DevOps people, right? But the, but we want to make sure that the collaboration is happening at the right layer for you, and they can focus on their own concerns without having to constantly reach out to the other uh, the other layer. Yeah, does that make sense? I'm curious. Definitely, and I definitely see the thing. I think the part that I'm afraid of is what I've seen with Java developers and all these application servers that you can do all these RPCs, these remote procedure calls, and it felt or it feels like, yeah, it's just a method call, but it's over the network to something else and it's doing things and you assume, yeah, it's a method call. It will always work. It will always be fast. No, there's a network. It can fail. It has latency, like, or, or mappers. Like, oh yeah, it's just, a call to a method. No, it's a query to the database. It could be stupidly slow. And so that 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 kind of complexity that the, there is something inherently in the application or in the infrastructure you need to know. And if you just hide it, oh, that feels easy. I can just do one million calls because it's just a method call. No, you shouldn't do that. 
<laughs> yep. Yeah. No, I'm with you 100. percent And and that's that's what I that's um I use the term um, uh, mechanical sympathy. I don't know if you've seen that term. It's actually beautiful. Uh, a beautiful term that I saw somewhere. It talks about API design. And the canonic example is let's say you have a class, object-oriented class, and there's a there's a an expensive operation that returns a value, right? Like let's call it uh, whatever food. Now, you can expose this expensive operation in two ways. One way is to expose it through a property, right? So you can say get foo, and then you say, you know, obj.foo, and you'll get the value back. The other option, but, but the other option is to expose it through a method, and you can call it calculate foo, right? And, and that's, a, that's a classic example, right, of mechanical empathy, because if I would use the, the property option, then the developer would look at this, oh, this is a cheap thing, right? I can call this 20 times a second, right? But if I if I have a method called calculate foo, then suddenly the developer was like, whoa, 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 yeah, wait a minute. It's, there's something here that's like some processing here going on. And so I think that's what I was trying to say earlier. Abstractions can be really poorly designed, right? Like it's a very easy decision, right? Like, oh yeah, get foo, it's returning a value. It makes total sense. Um, so I hope that that kind of makes so we're we're thinking about those things a lot, right? Like I'm, I'm again, I, I I've built many things in the cloud. Our team is like everybody that's in our team are people who have you know extensive experience building cloud applications. And so our idea is not to create this accidental complexity. I'm sure we will get it wrong, right? In some in some places, right? Like I, I have no doubt. But the beauty is we control the full experience, right? Like we control the SDKs, we control the programming language. I'll give you an example, right? Like we can we can easily create programming language syntax that will encourage some mechanical empathy, right? Or that will encourage users to, for example, one of the things that we did lately is we decided that Wing is gonna be immutable by default. And, and immutability is a very powerful um, attribute of clouds for, for distributed systems, right? I'm not gonna go into that right now, but, but the, the way we designed the syntax for de declaring a variable makes it make adds a little more friction to declaring a variable that's mutable as opposed to declaring a variable that's immutable and and so we're creating this low friction story uh, low friction experience with with the intent of you know signaling to developers hey you know are you sure you want this to be immutable as uh, to be mutable these are examples, right? Like, uh, I think small examples. And, and I'm excited by the fact that we can actually, like, control the entire stack and the entire experience. And, and one, one of the main reasons we're creating a programming language is that we really do believe that there are many things, not just, we haven't talked about specific things, right? Like, not just things like distributed computing or resources, but even things like working with JSON, right? And, and immutability and things like that that are, that are we call them cloud oriented. Like you wanted, if you're if you're thinking in the cloud oriented way, you really want to be able to work with. There are many things that are we're doing over and over, and when we're building cloud applications, we can like bring down into the programming language, into the syntax, into the compiler, into the. So super excited. I yeah, just, I'm pretty excited <laughs> about what this will, will end up. And just my fear is just a little bit that like if it's too easy to do things, stupid things will also be easy, and it, it could. Be not not only Wing, but all these infrastructure from code or what, whatever solutions that, that are emerging. Like, please don't build the next EJB. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'm um, with you. I'm, 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 I'm also traumatized. So don't worry about that. Yeah. I mean, because that's just. Let me know. Let me easy. know if you feel. And people will end up calling lambda functions from lambda functions uh, multiple times a second, and that would not be the way. That would be cloud native. It would be cloud native, but it still would be stupid. So, and and that's I think you you don't see it, and if you don't see it, nobody is preventing you from doing it. And so, or the language does prevent you, and then then it's okay, then it's fine. But I think that's the goal to guide developers into not doing stupid things, and and it's way easier to let them do whatever they want, and yeah. then yeah. things happen. Yeah, and and again, I'll just argue that that's true for traditional programming languages as well, right? Like I think good programming languages do this and and make it harder for developers to abuse, to make mistakes, to uh, run over memory, to, right? Like those are exactly, that's exactly the reason why you want to, you want, you, you want a programming language because it's actually really hard to get things right uh, without those, without those, it needs a lot of knowledge and I feel like, that, that's kind of like the theme of democratizing, right? Like, because I don't think that it's, I don't think that I want to give developers more, more developers the ability to leverage the cloud to, to its full extent. Uh, so that's kind of like where we're coming from. In this. Definitely, we are, we are on this journey. If we would, uh, yeah, if we wouldn't do um, abstractions, we would all program in assembler. So, and, and, exactly. and we got rid of this. So there is <laughs> an evolving things so i'm really looking forward yeah. to where this is leading but just i think there's always some kind of first there's a wrong approach and then it, it heals and just to see what which is the wrong approach and which is the then working successor of it yep yep um so yeah we're hoping to iterate until become a good uh, good solution i think like uh, you know we're, we're it's an open source project we we actually released it very very early in the journey. It's alpha. This you can't really even build fully fledged Windows applications with it. Um, with the intent of of you know just putting it in the sunlight and making sure that people criticize it and give us feedback and get involved and help us shape where this is going. Because I believe, obviously, I believe in open source. Um, I think it's uh, it's the right way to build software now. And, and, modern times and it's always inspiring to see these communities form uh, around ideas around the vision even if there's no solution yet right? like even if it's not bringing value it's pretty amazing to see that people are already excited and involved and looking forward for uh, what's 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 going to happen yeah definitely i'm definitely looking forward to see where this is going and and agree there needs to be I'm going forward, otherwise, it yeah, we are on on the same um, point all the time. We need to move forward. So, what what do you see? Um, what are the next steps? Any roadmaps or, especially, I think for for wings or so what what are the goals? What are the next steps in, in reach? So, so right now we're focused on getting beta out. I feel like uh, beta for for us the definition of beta. Is that you can already start building real things with Wing, um, and and there's 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 it's there's a minimum viable product. Like there's a you need for loops and if states, and you need certain resources in the SDK. And we haven't talked about we have this uh, console that you can install on your desktop and iterate with your on your application locally, um, and that's mind blowing to me. This is the this this would be a reason to to go and look at that at that thing, right? Like. Being able to actually iterate on complete cloud applications on your local machine 
and we have this beautiful diagram that shows your shows you the structure of the application and the relationships between uh, the resources, and you can interact with them. Uh, and you'd be able to actually put breakpoints and resources. You can tell you be able to say, "I want to, I want to breakpoints when something is going into the queue," which is like mind blowing, right? For for cloud developers, like I didn't even know that I that I want this thing. Um, and so we're we're building this full stack and focused on getting beta out. And of course, if people are interested, the project is already open source, and they can get involved and. Um, join Slack, and we've got some external code contributors as well that are amazing. And and so currently, this is our primary focus. And as we release beta, I think it's going to be a, an exploration of use cases because one of the challenges in a project like that maybe a little bit uh, different than other projects in that kind of new category of developer-focused clouds tools is that Wing is, is a general purpose programming language. And so technically, you can build any cloud service or any cloud application. There's no, it's kind of like the CDK in that. Like CDK is also, the difference between CDK and SAM sometimes was, we were we were talking about the, the difference between general purpose and vertical, right? Like the vertical solution that solves only for a specific. And so Wing is very general purpose by definition. It's a programming language. It's completely extensible. You can publish libraries, you can use any Terraform resource that you want, so, you know, like it's it's very, very open. In that. But that also means that it, it can apply to many different use cases. And so I think what, what's going to happen once we release beta is going to be this journey of identifying the best use cases for Wing. You know, where where does it shine? In what situations, uh, organizational situations, use cases, types of developers, right? Like I feel like it's a huge, the multidimensional um, uh, equation, and and I'm excited by it because I feel like it's an open-ended exploration. I'm sure there's going to be multiple use cases where it's working very well. Uh, I'll just say Progen as an example, right? Like there's some really interesting connections, um, and so I think th that's that's a, that's the step after. You know, like we focused on the beta, then getting that uh, getting that out, or starting to talk more with. Uh, with, with people in the community and customers and see where this goes. Yeah, that sounds perfect. And I think this has really been great. Uh, where can people find more about you online or the Wing project? So winglang.io is uh, the homepage for Wing. And there's a link to the GitHub there and everything. And you can ping me on the Wing Slack or on the CDK Dev Slack if, you, if you're hanging out there. Uh, on Twitter or LinkedIn. Or, or anything. I answer to I answer to all pings. Perfect. I will put them all in the in the show notes. Um yeah, perfect. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you, man. It's a pleasure. Always. Yeah. All right, folks. That's it for today. I'm Torsten Hilger and I hope you join me again next time for Cloud Automation Weekly.